I think if you want to be successful in, in I think it's in any fintech, uh, you need to be uh, adaptive. So uh, yeah, if you've done something today and you're really happy about it, then uh, feel good about it. And then the next day you can already ask like, what can I do next to improve it even more? I think that's a mindset that really uh, will help you. Welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. Today, our recruitment consultant, Philip, is joined by Vihar Tenhavo, head of compliance at Bitvavo. Bitvavo is an Amsterdam-based, user-friendly and reliable trading platform with a wide variety of digital assets to buy, sell and store. Founded in 2018, the company is on a mission to make digital assets accessible to everyone. Our guest speaker comes from a legal background and has over 10 years of experience in working in compliance roles for exchanges and exchange trading related companies. Enjoy listening. Hello, everyone. Today we have a special guest here at the PCN podcast. Um, today with us is the head of compliance at Bitwavo Crypto Exchange. Um, hello, Vihar. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Hello, Philip. Thanks for having me. No, always. It's a pleasure. I'm very excited today uh, to talk about uh, crypto and compliance and how it works together. So I think the best thing would be to cut the chase and go straight into it. Uh, would you perhaps be able to introduce yourself in a couple of sentences? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so my name is Wieger ten Haven. Um, I am the head of compliance uh, at Bitfavo, as you already mentioned, uh, Dutch crypto exchange. Uh, uh, before joining Bitfavo on the 1st of January, I've spent uh, a decade or so working in compliance roles for uh, exchanges and market makers. Uh, so a lot of uh, trading related roles uh, mm -hmm. uh, has always sparked my interest. And of course, uh, in the compliance field, uh, I am a lawyer by background. Um, and uh, the reason for me for joining Bitfavo is uh, there's a lot of regulation coming in the crypto world. And I think it's really exciting opportunity to, uh, to get uh, some action from the inside on how uh, uh, the regulators and uh, um, yeah, how, how they look at uh, crypto and look at uh, crypto exchanges. No, definitely. And um, I think it's very interesting. You said you have such a big then background and knowledge in, in, in uh, legal aspect. Um, how do you see legal and crypto working? I mean, it's been already developing for the past few years, the regulations on the both sides. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, I think the European Union is, is really upfront in, uh, in, in trying to regulate this. Um, so what you saw is a lot of politicians have a natural uh, reluctance uh, to talk about all these risks, uh, they're yeah. more risk averse. Definitely. And now in, 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 uh, they also see like, if we, if we don't do anything, then things will probably spiral uh, out of control. Uh, so they're really upfront in the last uh, uh, two, three years of uh, creating crypto regulation. Uh, first, uh, all the crypto exchanges in, in, in Europe have been uh, put under uh, anti-money laundering and terrorist financing regulation. So they had to register with the local um, regulators. And then they are now also under supervision for money laundering and terrorist financing rules. And the next steps are, uh, of course, that um yeah the, the there's going to be a licensing regime for all these firms uh, which will also imply that uh, the traditional finance and crypto finance will uh, move together a lot which i think is a step in the right direction for uh, for mass adoption and also mm -hmm. for uh, um yeah taking out the bad actors and uh, making sure that everything is uh, evolving as an industry no, 100%. And I definitely agree with you there, what you said. Um, both industries are very, are very intertwined together. 
and they're developing at immense speed. Um, do you think this is the reason why is it maybe hard to catch up with the legislation side of it, just because it's such a quick evolving technology? Um, well, you know that regulation is always late for the party. <laughs> so in this case, again, uh, uh, yeah, they're trying to regulate what they see is undesired, which is uh, uh, people uh, jumping on the bandwagon. Um, uh, people are exposed to high risks. Uh, there's, there, there, yeah, there's lots of things that uh, triggered regulators mm. to uh, to try to regulate this. I think for now it's really really hard because they're trying to fit something new into existing regulation. Yeah, uh, they're trying to find uh, parallels, which uh, f to some extent there are, but for a large extent there aren't. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's. I think they're they're making steps in the right direction. But it's not going to be properly regulated from day one, is my expectance. It's going to be an iterative process, definitely, um, which will be a learning process from both sides. No, I agree with you, uh, especially because you know five years ago the crypto world did look didn't look nothing like it looks today. Uh, we're having all these innovations from the boom of NFTs last year to all the DeFi and uh, financial services. Um, it's definitely hard to keep up with everything, especially from the legal side. But uh, can you tell me, is this a challenge then working as a head of compliance at Bifavo? Uh It's a challenge because it's, uh, there are so many uncertainties and you want to prepare for it. Uh, we've been on the forefront of, uh, of, of being registered as a, as a crypto exchange in the Netherlands. Uh, we're also strong advocates for, uh, for, for regulation to the extent that it's uh, fitting for the purpose. Um, but of course, if you if you are a bit familiar with the regulatory process and the legislative process, you also have a lot of uh, say in how regulation, what regulation will look like in the end. So there's um, uh, regulation is being negotiated, and in negotiations you can always try to um, yeah lead uh, regulation into a certain direction, which is beneficial for uh, the parties that are being regulated. So it's a nice process. We are in, in working groups with other crypto firms. We talk to regulators, uh, legislators, uh, try to explain crypto, uh, try to explain where the risks are. Uh, so it's a, it's a nice process to be involved in. Yeah, definitely. And it's always good that the crypto community is sticking together and trying to solve these issues um, as soon as possible. For someone who, who hasn't had a touch with uh, compliance uh, as industry as such, how would you describe to someone what is this compliance? Well, compliance is is yeah to comply. It's uh, it's uh, the the internal and external frameworks of of rules that you apply to yourself as a as a firm. Um, it's, uh, so it starts with uh, uh, the external rules. So if you are registered with a with a regulator, you need to comply with certain rules. Uh, it can be on uh, behavior. It can be on um, certain reporting requirements. Uh, it can be on conflicts of interest, uh, uh, market abuse. Uh, so you you then create internal rules for yourself mm -hmm. because it's hard to only uh, set up um, or only comply to the external uh, framework. So you create your own uh, and then you build internal rules about how you monitor that. Uh, so compliance is, it's, it's, it's about behavior, it's about mm -hmm. culture. Um, uh, what you what you often see is that that uh, a risk is being taken by uh, uh, the business. So they want to go into a certain direction. They want to go into a new jurisdiction or add a new product. And then compliance says that this, these are the rules that we need to 
adhere to to uh, to fulfill the requirements, but also what do we feel strong about? Uh, do we feel strong about investor protection? Do we feel that this product is uh, is uh, not suitable for certain uh, investors? And then we can advise on that, uh, and then we can uh, implement that accordingly if it's uh, within a risk appetite of a firm. Oh, definitely. Would you say that the compliance is they have kind of the last say before major financial decisions are being made? That's the idea. Uh, so maybe <laughs> not the first. Let's uh, like it. it what, we, what we often see is that, uh, specifically in like uh, these growing industries, that uh, we want to move fast with uh, changes and we yeah, want definitely. to ad adapt to that as well. Uh, so in the worst case, we only get not we don't in the worst case we don't get notified. <laughs> but I think it's a more it's more probable that we will hear it uh, quite short uh, before something happens, and then we can do our checks on it. Uh, and we're now like it's also maturity of the company. We're now seeing much more that we're being involved from the start, new products, new projects, um, and that we can really uh, advise and also work together with everyone to to uh, to to make sure everything is uh, as we want it. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of puzzles to fit, right? For the whole procedure it to is. be checked. No, yeah. 100%. And for someone who hasn't talked to a head of compliance at the crypto exchange, what would you say? How does your regular day at Bitbubble looks like? Uh, oh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, so we have, we have quite a, a broad team. So we're responsible for um, making sure that uh, there is no fraud. Uh, we make sure that there's no money laundering or terrorism financing. So we have a lot of uh, uh, analysts and people working on uh, looking at all the transactions and client data. Mm -hmm. um, of course, also there's a lot of changes to, uh, like we are, we're a growing company, so we're learning Definitely. every day. So there's also changes that we want to make to the monitoring rules that we apply to transactions uh, so that we talk a lot with the tech team. Um, uh, so there's also a lot of planning on when uh, things will be uh, implemented. Um, it could also be uh, uh, complaints or, or investigations uh, that we do on, uh, on certain thematics. So if we mm -hmm. see uh, something that we think is suspicious, then we will do an investigation on that. Um, we also have relations with uh, law enforcement. So if uh, somebody is uh, scammed or uh, somebody's uh, details uh, or uh, login details have been stolen, they contact us. Uh, yeah, we, we try to uh, facilitate and work together with them. Mm -hmm. and, and again, the, the regulatory work is of course important. How, how does the, yeah, how, are we ready for the future? Are we ready for uh, um, yeah, what the regulatory future will bring for Bitfavo? Yeah, that's definitely uh, so, a topic we want to touch in a bit. Um, and it's it's of high interest, I think, for all of our listeners. But let me just ask you one question. Um, obviously, you guys are working with crypto in such an expanding um, technology at the moment. Would you say that the compliance teams are going to grow as much? And is this going to affect the um, efficiency of compliance in general as well? Um I would rather work smarter than harder, to be honest. So it's more, uh, so it, uh, it starts with people. You need to have mm -hmm. people that understand crypto that can explain how you look at things. Definitely. But it's also being uh, agile, um, uh, try to automate things as much as possible. Um, Smart contracts. Well, not, yeah, <laughs> not, not in the same, not in the same, in the uh, same way. Sense, uh, exactly. But it's a it's an interesting uh, discussion always about how many manpower how much manpower do you put into um, compliance rules you see in big banks um, 
that the compliance departments and the KYC, you know, your customer mm -hmm. departments are uh, thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. you can you can ask yourself if that's the, the way forward. And also within crypto, um, yeah, we, we now have a, a nice level of people with, uh, with knowledge they bring to the table. Uh, and now, of course, we have to think about how can we do the same thing as we did last week or last month and how can mm -hmm. we do it smarter? No, I, I love that. I love that. Um, okay, uh, I think we're ready for the for the for the best topics. Um, shall we speak about centralization against decentralization? What are your thoughts? What are the pros and cons? Let's start. Well, I like the the concept of decentralization. That that's of course the the the, the thoughts about Bitcoin uh, yeah. that you can set up set up uh, uh, either an exchange or a pool of assets or a coin that can operate by itself without interference of a centralized uh, uh, owner. Uh, I think that is a really, really nice topic, which I think if you ask yourself 20 or 30 years ago, it would have been possible, wouldn't have been possible to think <laughs> that that would actually exist. Um, well, I think Bitcoin as a start has really showed that, uh, that it can be a success. There's of course pros and cons for, for Bitcoin, but uh, I like the thought about it. If you then talk about decentralization, um it's of course a, a nice thought that the masses have the uh they have the the, the say power. about what happens they have the power there's always of course examples of where uh, there's still abuse of this there's also no central party or or uh, or, or or a central organ that can really uh in interfere if they see anything undesired which can uh, which not always good um but indeed like if you look at bitcoin it's a great example of decentralization and it can operate without interference. Um, if you look at exchanges, decentralized exchanges, they are also very uh, uh, successful uh, because they operate also by the users, which is, uh, of course, a nice concept. If you look yeah. at it from, uh, from, from compliance or from regulation point of view, it's, of course, if, yeah, if there's no central party that uh, operates the, uh, the decentralized exchange, who are you going to talk to if you have any questions? Yeah. Um, and that's of course the the the, uh, the trouble the, the difficulty for uh, for regulators and lawmakers how they look at this. So if you look, for instance, at uh, the most centralized exchanges, for, for instance, like Bitfavo, uh, they have to comply with uh, strict uh, know your customer rules, and that's uh, I think a big plus for making sure that there is less uh, uh, cybercrime and less money laundering uh, on the platforms. Um, and if you look at decentralized platforms, yeah, there's no, there are no checks there. Uh, so there's definitely pros and cons for, for both. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm hoping for a future where they can, uh, can live together uh, in a way that, uh, that everybody is safe from, uh, from uh, illicit uh, activity. You couldn't have said it better in the end. I also think, I think the best way forward is just to find a way for the both systems to work together, right? Um, but the fact that, you know, everyday consumer can now buy crypto on a centralized exchange in a safe manner, um, I think it's a very, very big step forward in this in this space. Um, yeah. But do you have maybe an idea how to uh, maybe verify the decentralized part, the blockchain? Oh, that's, yeah, that's, there's, there's, there's some, uh, some projects already where uh, also some customer information is being shared in smart contracts so you mm -hmm. can actually use smart contracts to uh, to have a, like a, an online identity mm -hmm. and sorry to uh, just to stop you uh, would you be able to maybe just explain quickly what a smart contract is for someone who yeah. had never heard about smart contracts? yeah yeah of course 
Yeah, like a, like a smart contract is a uh, uh, um, like a technological agreement uh, on the blockchain. So the blockchain is a, a distributed ledger uh, where you can make agreements and uh, uh, people will will uh, they will agree on the contract on the contents of the contract when it's uh, being sent to the blockchain. Uh, so it's decentrally uh, uh, being verified. Mm -hmm. And in this, these contracts, you can also include information about yourself. You will send it to the blockchain. It will then be verified that the information is correct. And once it's in the blockchain, it is immutable. And therefore, uh, yeah, it can be used to make to, to formalize agreements without having papers and stamps and autographs on it. But yeah. then you can do it automatically. And they just speed up the whole process, right? Um, there's a fulfillment that the smart contract fulfills. And once it does the required action, um, it gets uh, fulfilled and the smart contract is activated. Yeah. And I cool. think that's, that's that if you look at it from, uh, in a, indeed from uh, decentralized identities, I think that's something that will be uh, of interest in the coming years uh, because it will be a solution for people not having to, um, yeah, uh, identify themselves for every industry that they want to enter into. Mm -hmm. uh, but that you can do it on a single uh, platform and then use that identity on different locations. Of course, it's uh, always uh, always uh, good to also look at the privacy side in this end, uh, which is, of course, uh, the the problem that, that has to be solved in this matter as well. No, lovely. Perfect. Um, thanks for clarifying that. Uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, I believe Binance is the first who got with an idea of a soulbound token. Basically, it's an immovable, non-financial NFT which once it's in your decentralized wallet, it proves your KYC verification or central exchange. Yeah. Do you think maybe this idea could help with compliance in, in decentralized um, space? Yeah, I think it's similar to, to what we just discussed. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's indeed uh, like a, a decentralized uh, digital identity that you could use. And, and if it's an NFT or another smart contract, um, yeah, then I think that will be a, yeah. a big benefit. For, uh, for for the, I think there's a big use case for it. Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. What what would you say are some of the best use cases? Um, well, if if I want to uh, apply for uh, um, apply for something within the government, or if I want to uh, set up a crypto account or a bank account, and I I can just take my online identity and and uh, and apply for whatever service I want. I think that's a, that's a really, really big use case uh, for this. And also, if you find a good way for it that will uh, prevent uh, the abuse of uh, identity theft, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a really good uh, uh, use case. Yeah, definitely. Where do you see kind of the future of compliance? Do you think that there are some innovations from the compliance side, which are also going to create um, kind of automated compliance regime in the future? Do you think that's possible? Uh, to to some extent, yes, but then we have to. Okay. I think what 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 you already see is that uh, a lot of processes within the compliance world, not only in crypto, are are also seeing introduction of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Yes, yes. Definitely. But then, of course, yeah, the big question is: Can you also explain from an ethical point of view if uh, if the machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence algorithms are doing what you think that they're doing? Uh, so it's, there's always going to be like a human uh, factor to that. Um, and I think uh, the whole of compliance will go more into data-driven. Uh, so, so a lot of compliance officers, if you look at it 10 years ago, there were all lawyers yeah, yeah. Um, and people that would sit in there. Like the, the whole 
the old picture of compliance officers that they sit in their ivory towers and then they just rule, uh, they put in uh, <laughs> uh, policies and procedures. I think now you see like compliance officers are much more involved in the business. They can uh, really uh, add value by looking at data and advising on risks. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's much more uh, an interactive uh, uh, setting, which is also nice. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, back in the day, you couldn't even open a bank account over your phone, right? You would have to go in a bank, give your fingerprint, uh, do a signature. But today, you know, a couple photos of your ID, KYC yeah. verification, and boom, it's yeah. all sorted. Uh, yeah, which I exactly. think it's quite amazing. It is. It is. But it it, it can go even uh, even better, I think. As we oh really? Discussed. Oh no, I'm I'm excited to hear that. Um, you mentioned about the new legislations on the crypto market, uh, MICA. Uh, yeah. Mika, could you maybe Mika. elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah, sure. So as, I, as we mentioned already, so the, the current uh, regime is only uh, required for crypto exchanges to, uh, to register themselves for money laundering and terrorism financing. In, in traditional finance, you have uh, uh, regulation also applying to brokers and exchanges, which is called MIFID, which is Markets in Financial Instruments Directive. And Mika is the markets in crypto assets, so you already mm -hmm. see a similarity. Um, I think the biggest uh, thing that this will bring is for uh, consumers, it will bring, for instance, investor protection. Uh, so it will require crypto exchanges to also verify if the products that they offer on, on their platforms is sufficiently safe for the, for the users. It also requires crypto exchanges to have uh, rules on conflicts of interest, on uh, incident reporting, uh, also some capital requirements that will require uh, us uh, to comply with. Um, so it's much more bringing crypto in the already known uh, traditional finance world. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it from the crypto exchanges, it brings an advantage of, of having a harmonized licensing regime compared to a registra registration, which is country by country, uh, which can be quite cumbersome and uh, uh, time consuming to, uh, to request. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think, especially in Europe, we have the ability to be harmonized. So, uh, we are definitely strong advocates of that regime. Um, mm -hmm. but that's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, at the beginning it has been agreed, but, uh, the, the final agreement is still, uh, we're still waiting on the final wording. Right. And then in the next uh, two years, uh, it, it will be uh, a lot of tweaking and preparation work for all the, uh, crypto, uh, exchanges, but also for the traditional finance, uh, firms that also are allowed to do more in crypto once this regulation uh, uh, is implemented. Yeah, and that's the goal, right? As soon as we get, uh, you know, transparent legislations and laws, uh, the sooner we get this global implementation going. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's, uh, it's, it's very good to have the illicit and the bad actors uh, being removed from mm -hmm. the industry. I think there will be like a natural shakeout. Um, uh, there probably also will be consolidation uh, because implementation efforts is also quite uh, quite uh, an impact on firms. Uh, but all in all, I'm, I'm uh, confident that it will bring the whole industry uh, to a higher level. Uh, and I think that that benefits the whole industry and uh, the consumers as well. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you on that one. Uh, I have another very interesting question to hear your opinions on. Um, it's a very interesting topic in the, in the world of decentralized finance. It's the stable coins. We had a big fiasco with algorithmic stablecoin called Luna, and we are having other stablecoins where we really don't know if they have the backing um, funding behind the price they're saying um, the stablecoin is at. 
Um, what do you think the future of stablecoins are? Uh, it's a highly political topic, mostly because uh, yeah, you see uh, that uh, uh, legislators are very, very scared of uh, of stablecoins because they 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 don't have any uh, say they don't have a say in in the in how they operate. So regardless of of a stablecoin being backed by a, a, a physical money or 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 any other instrument, or if it's an algorithmic or derivative stablecoin. I think in general, stablecoins, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see which country or which um, legislator comes with a, a first version of a decentralized uh, uh, money, fiat money. So that's going to be an interesting development. Um, I think it's a way to go for, uh, for this, but I also see some benefits for having it centralized because then there are central banks that can also help and assist in uh, interest rates and inflation. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I think the last decade has also shown that uh, too much interference is also not good for yeah. the market. So it's almost like they're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy for this. No, yeah, definitely. And I, you know, you need to have some time to pass by. Um, obviously, it's a developing technology. We're trying this, we're trying that. We can tell now the algorithmic coins, uh, stable coins that didn't work. Uh, perhaps another version in the future might. Um, but I think we can both agree the potential of sending uh, stable coins in value of millions in just a couple seconds to any part of the world um, yeah. is really magnificent. Yeah, it is. And also the exchange rates and uh, also mm. creating access to finance for, for the unbanked in the world. Yeah. So people that don't have access to traditional finance systems. I think it's a really, um, there is a strong use case for it. Uh, yeah, Definitely. now we have to wait for, we have to wait for adoption. Uh, 100%. And considering the utility uh, perks you just mentioned, um, there are still a couple more traditional banks who are kind of staying away from crypto. On the other side, we're seeing banks completely utilizing this fintech technology. Um, what do you think? If you can't beat them, do you join them? Do you follow the crypto path or no? I think they will. <laughs> there's, there's, nice. uh, I think there's a lot of... Uh, uh, like if you don't know what's, what's, what's happening, then it's also hard to kind of grasp it. There's some banks and, and traditional finance institutions that, are, that have been on the forefront of this. Um, I can see a benefit for for uh, having your your deposits in a central location. So I can imagine that people want that. If they don't want it in a wallet, they want it secured in a bank. Definitely. So I definitely see some custody advantages. Uh, I can also see that that my banks or financial institutions might take crypto as a um, uh, as a part of uh, maybe mortgages, so they can use it as a deposit. Um, so there's definitely, I think, uh, um, movements in the crypto world. Uh, it's, it's mostly adoption. Uh, if you look, for instance, look at Germany, where um, the German legislator has allowed pension funds and other professional investors to take a certain percentage of uh, assets in their portfolios in crypto. Yeah. That has, that has really sparked the implementation of crypto in, in all uh, German banks and, uh, and finance institutions. So from an adoption point of view, I think that's a really strong, you see that, uh, that they jump on the, on the use case. Um, so I, I definitely see uh, uh, working, that, that those firms will be working together more. No, no, and, definitely. And comp competing, competing as well. And uh, if banks do, you know, put a big uh, green check on this, do you think more countries are going to start to implement it as well on a national scale? I mean, we already seen a couple using it, right? Even Brazil recently. Yeah. I think it's uh, in Europe. It's going to be hard because it's all uh, 
also in Europe, in Europe on a country <laughs> level, you have centralization and decentralization. Yeah, so definitely. I think it's going to be hard for them to uh, to 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 move in that direction until they uh, open up with their own uh, stablecoin, uh, like a decentralized euro issued by the European Union. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Do you think that's going to be possible and it's going to be popular with uh, crypto users? I think uh, there's definitely use cases. The question, of course, is uh, who's first? Who's the, uh, you already see that there are some firms coming out with uh, European uh, Euro stablecoins. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's lots of uh, first mover advantage. You see in the US that the USD uh, stablecoins are a very popular means of uh, storing your deposits in something else than a bank account. So yeah, I've already seen there, there is a... When Argentina, when Argentina had a high inflation rate, which really raised in a week, a lot of people from Argentina actually started um, putting their portfolio into stable coins, which I found yeah. really, really interesting. Well, there's also a risk in that. So it's definitely, uh, yeah, you have to think about the risk and the rewards. Like if it's, uh, if it sounds too good to be true, then it, pro then it probably, <laughs> it's probably is. a risk. Is that a compliance yeah. rule? <laughs> to yeah, live by? No, it cool. is. Okay. Um, just one more question in the end, just out of curiosity. Um, what do you think about El Salvador making Bitcoin a legal tender? I think that's an interesting uh, move as well. Um, I've been listening to podcasts about this and, and reading up on it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no, there's not mass adoption. I think uh, it's definitely uh, like a first move of, uh, of of having a decentralized uh, financial system. Uh, question is if, if if there's any current coin or or network that that would be scalable enough for mm -hmm. uh, mass implementation or mass adoption. I think it's a good start. It, oh it's really? Kind of a, it's, I think it's a it's it's a it's a nice uh, uh, little test for uh, for mass adoption. No, perfect, lovely. Okay, uh, one more question for the end. If there is someone out there trying to really make it in compliance, especially in crypto, what would the tip you would give to him? How to stand out? Because it's such a competitive market at the moment. Uh, it's, it's, I think if you want to be successful in, in I think it's in any FinTech, uh, you need to be uh, adaptive. So uh, yeah, if you've done something today and you're really happy about it, then uh, feel good about it. And then the next day you can already ask like, what can I do next to improve it even more? I think that's a mindset that really uh, will help you. Um, I always like to visualize it. If you if you improve yourself with a percent a day, then it's a 350% increase already over a year and even cumulative even more. So it's a really, I think it's a really nice uh, um, phrase that everybody uh, uh, yeah, should take into account when you want to be successful in uh, compliance in uh, in crypto or fintech no 100 well there it is guys uh, these are some top tips from a compliance expert viher from bitvavo exchange um, if you are into crypto if you want to learn more feel free to check out their website um, and to to start uh, your first days with obtaining cryptocurrencies um, anything else from you viher for the end no thanks philip for uh, for hosting and it was really nice uh, talking to you no, thank you. I definitely learned a lot. It was definitely um, really another um, dimension to hear opinions from an expert such as yourself in this space. Uh, perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of In Check with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to keep updated with the latest episodes of our podcast. 
Thanks for listening. And we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free Your Girl, who are dedicated to fighting child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Eveline, CEO and founder of Free Your Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family, and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom, and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freeagirl.com for more information. Thank you.